She's alive. Alive! <laughs> by saying and we're traumatized <laughs> we literally just left the movie theater after hereditary and y'all know us we are the biggest snobs and we're like mm, it wasn't scary or like ellie will think it's scary and i'll be like mm. <laughs> or i'll think it's scary and you'll be like uh it was stupid but this one ellie cried within the first 15 minutes okay she okay. legitimately did, but not out of sadness. We will get there. Out of shock. It was... Okay. <laughs> Let's go in a chronological order. First and foremost, we're going to be talking about the movie Hereditary. If you haven't seen it yet... Don't listen. Don't listen. Because I, this whole episode is going to be talking about the movie. There's going to be lots of spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, stop the podcast now. Go see it whenever you can, and then come back to the podcast when you're done, because we want to share our thoughts and ideas with you and reactions, and we want you to share yours, because I can't fucking wait to hear what other people have to say I about know, this. I know. This is definitely a movie that could be taken in quite a few ways. Yes. And I also feel like a lot of movies get super hyped, and then you go and see it, and you're like... That was, yeah, or like, that was okay, like, this is absolutely worth the hype, it is a thousand percent worth seeing, go see it. It, like, it was just such a classic horror movie. I thought it was fantastic. Like, from the camera shots, like, the yes. to the fade outs, yes. to the music, like, yeah. it was, it really reminded me of, like, a 70s horror movie. Yes, yeah, 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 it had a... It had a really, really good vibe about it. So, And by good, we mean terrifying. Terrifying, for <laughs> sure. Um, let's start from the beginning, while it's fresh in our minds. Yeah, because we won't remember by tomorrow. I know. And I also, like, I wish we could immediately go watch it a Again, second time. Totally. They should, like, send you home with a digital copy. <laughs> Because they're like, we know y'all are going to want to see this right away. Absolutely. Again. Because there are so many things in it that you're like, wait. Yes. Can we rewind? Uh, <laughs> wait. What? what? <laughs> okay, so starting from the beginning. Um. Well, first of all, I want to say this movie was the first feature film directed by Ari Aster, who is like known for his... I guess, like, really messed up short films. Yeah. Um, which we need to watch yeah. uh, now, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, he set out to make this, in quotes, a pummeling experience. I think he did a good job. I think he succeeded. I think he absolutely succeeded. I, this is, and this is gonna, I don't want this to make us sound like but, like, when you see so many horror films, ranging from classics to, like, D-list to... To, like, booby gore. To, yeah, to zombievers. Like, to <laughs> everything out there, like, you just kind of become... Immune. Immune to horror and shock. And, you know, even, like, my one of my favorites, the Evil Dead remake, had a lot of, like, shock and gore. And even, yeah. Like, and but it still had, like, a romance. Yes. You know? And, it, and it's still, like, we left the theater being like, that was fucking awesome. Not like, oh, I don't, uh, I don't uh, know how to feel uh, right now. Yeah. You know what we I mean? We seriously were sitting in the car in the parking garage. Well, first of all, we like took the elevator to the wrong floor because our brains were just off. <laughs> like, I don't, we weren't even talking, I don't think. And no. we like went all the way down to the basement and we like got into the employee locker room. Our bad. And we were like, oh, shit. And we went back up to the car, and we just kind of sat in the car, and we're like, uh, uh, um, Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it does scramble the brain. Yeah, it, and it wasn't like we were sc- scared. No. It was like very perplexed. Yes. It was a very smart horror film. Totally. And it paid big homages to the classics. Yes, it absolutely did. And I, I, I read that that was his intention. Really? Yeah. Awesome. So... Um, like I was saying, not to sound like a snob, but like a lot of things aren't scary to us that they would be to someone who doesn't typically watch a horror film, right. which is totally fine. Not everybody watches horror films every fucking day of their life and <laughs> rots their brain. Get but completely desensitized. Yes, but this was fantastic. Um, can we take a second and talk about how like all together the crowd was it was like we were all watching it together it everyone was, was gasping at the same time like grabbing at each other yes. like the guy next to me was like oh like <laughs> you could tell he kind of wanted to like grab onto my arm yeah like it was a great crowd experience as and well that's super fun when it's for me that only works in a horror film oh of course every time else i'm like shut up no i'm a shusher and oh my god how did we not fucking forget to tell them what happened to us yesterday oh god Mm, i'm so glad okay so last night we got advanced screening tickets to go see it uh at this shitty theater that will not be named which we're never going back to yes um and we sit there and just kidding it's western it's the regal cinema on western in chicago (laughs) fuck that place fuck that place they always search my bag like what do you think i have just in my vape pen (laughs) (laughs) and maybe six packs of gummies yeah let me go um and my pre-packaged popcorn (laughs) um so we get in there and there's like this really intense buzzing during the previews and I honestly didn't notice it which kind of says something about my brain. <laughs> I immediately was you like you pointed it out you were like what's that sound? And I was like ah oh, no I can't not hear it. But like the barefoot contestant when she goes they cu- they started cutting it off. Yeah, well good because it <laughs> fucking ruins when the When she ba- was stirring the butter it's like she can't help but salivate over her own food. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, this looks... That's exactly this, what it is! This looks so good. Oh, I can't wait to feed Jeffrey. Only use the best asparagus. Um, Quality maple syrup. Pure vanilla. Bitch, I live down the street from an Aldi. <laughs> Suck my ass. <laughs> hey, hey, I love me some Ina. I do too, but I also love me some Aldi. <laughs> Okay, long story short, it was the the previews were going, like, in the background, anytime it was quiet, it would go, Yeah, like, like literally, that was the sound. It was bad. So, once the previews started, it kept going, and then literally two seconds into the movie, it just, like, like, kicked in, and everyone in the theater started laughing. Yeah. And we were like... Like, people were screaming. Like, yeah. so it was a full theater. Yeah. I got up and was like, do you guys mind if I go and ask them to start the movie over? Like, a fucking asshole. And they were like, okay. Long story short, they had to refund us our tickets. Uh, and we're never going back. Well, the thing is, it, it was obviously very upsetting that we didn't get to see the movie. But no, okay. Nobody. <laughs> I've been in movies where the audio didn't match up with the... Like, it wasn't synced. Yeah, and yeah. so they were, like, someone came out and was like, we're so sorry, we're restarting the movie. And nobody gave a shit. Mm-hmm. But nobody came into, several people left the theater to tell them, and all they responded with was, we know. Yeah. Not like, we're so sorry, we're working as hard as we can to get this fixed. Like, there we were also only, like, three people working there. Right, but we, nobody's an asshole. We know that it's not your fault. Yeah. So just say, like, Hey, listen, we, we're on it. We're so sorry. We're getting it done. Like, Or, it's not going to be fixed tonight. Let's go get your tickets we're, back. Yeah, we're, someone comes into the yeah. theater and says, we're so sorry. We're going to have to refund you. You know, throw in some popcorn, okay? 
Give me some coupons. Give me some coupons. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just a middle-aged white woman named Brenda, but the point is... That is what you were calling yourself. That's what I... That's, I'm Brenda. That's what I was... I felt like just the most entitled middle-aged white woman last night because I was like, someone's going to pay for this. Well, we had literally been texting about it all day, like getting ourselves overly hyped way too jacked yeah and then of course we'll get let down because you and i combined have the worst possible luck i know (laughs) so but it it really wasn't that big of a deal but then we got our money back and as we were outside just like cursing the world we bought tickets at another theater for tonight for the really early show so that because all the later shows were all sold out so we saw it today at 5 20 yeah early bird special yeah um okay so here we go uh and to be uh, like i was thinking about that buzzing sound like when the movie started tonight tonight yeah Yeah. and i can't believe how short of a period it was that we were in there it felt like we were in there for such a long time yeah with the buzzing yeah it it was a completely different movie without it oh yeah well everybody got up within 60 seconds yeah yeah because we were like i'm not gonna watch a movie like this well because that leads us kind of into the movie. It is the the sound with the the music, and honestly, the lack of sound was huge in this yeah, movie. Totally. So especially in the beginning. So with that buzzing sound, it was just like it, it no, was a it was silent. Like, it was almost comedy. Yes, like, because the first part of the movie was almost all silent. Uh huh. So okay, the movie starts with the funeral of. Uh, Tony Collette's mother. Yes, who plays Annie. Annie, okay. Annie Gray, um, and they do these little vignettes. Uh, she makes miniatures, like you know, people who make mini houses in you know, fairy gardens. It's like that, but to like a really detailed extent. It looks like she might be someone who makes uh, like architectural scales. models. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly. Um. So they cut to this one of um, Tony Collette trying to breastfeed her baby and then her mom coming in. With her with tit her, out. With her breast out being like, I'm stealing your, these are my babies. Oh, that was no, so weird. No, but she weird. also said it was only the daughter. Yeah. They, she said, I gave you Charlie. The daughter's name is Charlie. Um, the older brother's name, Peter. So, and Peter, there's a really cute movie on Netflix now called Dope. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's in it. The only other thing I've seen him in was he was excellent in My Friend Dahmer. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yep. You told me that. Um, And then the dad, who was kind of like, meh. He, like, didn't make much of an impact on He was a shitty fucking husband. He was. Um, But also, we'll get into it, we'll get into it. So, she briefly mentions during her eulogy at the beginning that her mother suffered from dissociative identity disorder. She didn't mention it in the eulogy. She mentioned it, mentioned in the eulogy that she was very secretive, oh. but she mentioned that when she was in the, 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 the support group. group. Yeah. yeah, the group. Okay, so she goes to a support group after the funeral. Yes. And mentions that her mother has DID, and that was the first kind of, like, ding, like something's up. Something's up. Either this is all in Tony Collette's head. Yes. Or the latter. Yes. And it happened to be the latter. <laughs> I mean, and the, the the film did an excellent job not giving it away. Right. They made you it was still questionable of whether or not it was in her head or not for right. most of the movie. Like if these these ideations that she's having were like out of grief, you're you're not sure. Right. And that's yeah, that's supposed to be the main theme is dealing with grief. Yes. And and how families go through extremes. But this went in a real different way. It, went, it got dark fast. Like, I mean, I get the first half being about grief, but the second half was just straight occultism. Yes, for sure. But in that meeting, she mentioned that her mom had DID, which, sidebar, my favorite thing that Tony Collette has ever done was about a woman with DID. Yeah. The United States of Tara. It's the best. The best. But she said her mother had DID, 
had dementia, so she wasn't there at the end. But then she also said that her brother had schizophrenia. Yeah. So she basically kind of unloads on this group, this just, like, just history, just riddled with, like, serious mental illness. And then she goes, one time, or I sleepwalk, and one time I woke up when my kids were sharing a room, we were all covered in paint thinner, and I was about to light a match. Right. So she's crazy. She's got, like, there's obviously something there, and... When she was explaining that story, that's when, so after she went to this kind of grief thing, she was kind of, uh, I don't want to say cornered, but a woman came up to her and was like, here's my name, I lost my son, you know, if you need anyone to talk, blah, 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 blah. And then she goes and meets up with her, and that's when she kind of just unloads and is like, yeah, so I sleepwalk, and here's what happened. Yeah, and... It's almost like she doesn't mean to be saying it. Um, yeah, it just kind of comes out. But the funny, the that is a huge part of the movie because it lets you into her life because she explains to that woman that Peter has never forgiven her for that. Right. And so from what I gathered from that was, okay, so ever since she did that, I think her husband and her son... Haven't trusted her. Haven't trusted her since. Yeah. Right. In in some capacity. Maybe they've forgiven her, but there's definitely this element of like... Of like, you could lose it at any moment. Because And because of your family history. Yeah, no shit. So... Um... So it starts to unravel. But that's also when the first, like, supernatural part of the movie starts. Mm-hmm. This other woman, um, who we later learn who we later learn more about um so in the movie her name's Joni uh her actual name is Ann Dowd Aunt Lydia in a Handmaid's Tale yeah which I couldn't I couldn't get that out of my head when I was watching the movie yes Aunt Lydia yes Aunt Lydia um so that's the first real part of like when the shit starts to get creepy they do almost like a Ouija board thing where they both place their hand on a glass and they ask whom whoever's in the room to please move the glass and her when her yeah, like her hair, hair got blown like yeah. I was like <gasps> well it the movie definitely took a turn for like it became horror at, at that, that point. point yeah but my question we forgot what we forgot the biggest part what the girl the party Oh, okay. So, back, 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 back. Rewind, rewind. She goes to this woman, unloads her grief, and and that's that. No, this was after she lost her daughter. Was it? Yes, because she was driving back to the grief meeting. You're right. And wasn't going to come in, and she was like, I heard about your mother, and she's like, no, I lost my daughter. Okay, so backtrack. Backtrack. She, um... Peter wants to go to a party, and um, you can tell Tony Collette is obviously annoyed and, like, wants to get her daughter out of the house. The daughter, it's safe to say, is socially challenged. Um, yeah, yes. They don't really play into her having any kind of um, developmental delay, but no. they kind of infer it. Like, Yeah, I think it's more like... If- if, if anything, it leans more like her daughter potentially, it leans more towards like her child could have autism. Exactly. Yeah. And so she wants to get her out of the house and tells Peter to take Charlie to the party with him. So they go. And um, during the, f- the wake or the funeral reception, yeah. they briefly mention that Charlie is allergic to nuts. Yes. Um, and so Peter kind of pawns her off at this party and you can see them chopping nuts in the background. Yeah. And then... I didn't even... When they were chopping those nuts, it didn't even register, register? in my mind that yeah. Charlie was... I was just like, ah, she's chopping those nuts it, terrifyingly. Yeah, it looked really creepy. Yeah. It was one of those like weird texture things. Yeah. This whole... It was a whole full sensory. Yeah. Um... So he, like, pawns her off on this group. He goes, look, Charlie, they're serving cake. Go get a piece of cake. So he can go upstairs and smoke with this girl he likes. Yeah. 
And that, and that's like for the first ten minutes, it was a typical horror movie. Take your sister to this party. Yeah. Something terrible is gonna happen. He drives. He gets her into the car um, and starts driving to the hospital, and she's choking. And she leans her head out the well, window. It doesn't. It esc- like it escalates at the party. Like yeah. he, she's cl- she's in the kitchen mm-hmm. and her throat's closing up. Mm-hmm. And I at first I'm like, how how the fuck does nobody notice that this is happening? But she like is able to get herself a glass of water and then finally finds Peter upstairs and is just like, my throat feels big. Yeah. And he realizes that she can't breathe. So he ca- it's sweet. It was, it was really sweet. so. You just feel like when he's carrying her to the car. She was. It was like piggyback. Oh my god! It yeah. was just like it was so like what's like visceral. That's yeah. the word. It's just like, and we then she's fucking losing her shit in the back of the car because she can't breathe. And mm-hmm. he's like, "I'm getting to the hospital." He's going like eighty miles an hour. She can't breathe. He rolls down the, or she rolls down the window and sticks her head out the window to get some air, and then. Head chopped off. So he swerves to get around a dog in the road. And right. he, just a little bit. Yeah. But it's enough so that a telephone pole right. fucking takes her head off. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think, might have been the most, like, effective part of that movie is after they, uh, they don't pan to Charlie. No. They just keep the camera focused on him. And he's, like, refusing to look back. And he just, like, he knows what happens. And he goes, you're fine. You're all right. You're all right. Yeah. And he just, like, drives home. Yeah. Like, leaves her, like, doesn't even look to see that, like, if she has a head. He already knew. He already knew. Yeah. And, like, drives the car, parks it, and gets in bed. And the next scene, I'm telling you, that's what made you start crying. Oh my god. It is the next that scene alone was like I think everyone in the theater just had their mouths open because it was so intense. Shocking. It was so shocking and the way that they focused on Peter was so devastating. I wouldn't be surprised if he got a supporter like a support yes. nomination. Right. It was it was so devastating to watch and then what is like life ruining is they show him waking up the next morning and that Tony or uh Tony Collette Annie w- says she's gonna go pick up something from the store and goes in the car and sees the body of her daughter and you can just hear her start screaming oh, and but all the while they're just still focused on Peter right it's just Peter in bed yeah and then the next scene kind of cuts to her... Uh, like, just completely writhing in grief. Oh, my God. Which, like... Oh, my God. I would be the same way. That scene, I, like... This is when Ellie cried. It it was the most bizarre feeling ever. I've never had it in a movie. I was mouth open in just shock and horror at the scene that happened before. Mm-hmm. And then just watching her have this grief, I just, like... My, like, eyes were sobbing, but my brain was like, what the fuck? I know, and I kept looking over at you, and I was like, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? I was fine. Like, I was just, like, I didn't, my my brain didn't know how to react to what I had just seen. No, absolutely. Um, And all the while, it's just kind of like, all the while, it's just kind of like, really minimal in in that they're only showing Peter. Right. Um that was such a fucking important choice. I know. It really was. It cuz it was really like <gasps> that's when people I think I held my breath for half of that movie. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I the whole my mouth was open the whole movie. I literally had my hand over my face the whole time like this. So that at that point in the movie, you're like, okay, what's happening? This can't. 
I don't know what di- I didn't know what direction it was going to go in at that point. Yeah, and there was the subtle call to the dad about the grave desecration, about the mother, the yes. grandmother's grave desecration, and he doesn't tell his wife that her mother's grave has been robbed. Right. Essentially. Yeah, which, which like, and they like briefly mentioned it yeah, in passing. They glaze over it. Yeah. Which is the best thing in horror movies because you have to think back and you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so that's when she then And and we can't forget they show her severed head covered oh, my. covered in flies. And everyone in the theater literally just screamed. It was horrifying. <laughs> I was just like I think I was like, oh, good lord. I was like, ah! <laughs> It was so terrifying, but so well done. I just love the guy next to me was like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. He was like a big, like, hairy dude. Like, he, you could, he was kind of raving like that the whole time. And he just would go like, oh, no. Oh, no. Like, I really enjoyed it watching next to him. And then, of course, there was that one asshole who was like, oh, Hannah! And then you're like, shut up. Shut up. But, so that's when she then goes back to the, what's it called? The The group. The support group. And meets that woman. Yes. And Uh, Joni. Yeah, and she invites her back to her place, and she says, hey, I lost my son and my grandson. Um, which we'll learn is very important because the patriarchy. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and she's like, I learned this trick to communicate with them. I know it sounds crazy, but just hear me out. And it's like, move the glass if you yeah. can hear me, blah, blah, blah. Very Captain Howdy. Very much uh, an adieu to the exorcist. Yes. Um, adieu. Adieu. Uh, and so, of course, Annie goes home and tries this right away. Yeah. And... Does she try it right away? She tries it right away. She gets up because she can't sleep, and she goes into the yeah, other yeah, room, yeah, yeah. and you hear her chanting, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, flips out and brings her family down. Well, because you're supposed to have every family member in the house. Keep which, that in mind for later. <laughs> I will, We're just giving a recap. People have already supposed to have seen it. So we can talk about it like they've seen it. Okay. So, the grandma's dead upstairs. <laughs> the, the grave robbery was done either by Tony Collette or, the, or... That's what I can't fucking figure out. Was it Joni or was it Tony Collette? I don't know. It was one of them. And they put him upstairs. It, it had to have been. Okay. Yeah. All right. So she does the seance. What's her tits is there? The dead grandma. With no, her- the the kid. Charlie. Charlie's there. She's like, Aah! she's drawing pictures of the brother and crossing out his eyes, which yeah. foreshadowing does not bode well for brother. Although he's the only one who ends up living, alive, kind of, but possessed. Ish. Okay. Here's where it gets weird. The point <laughs> is, grandma's upstairs with no head. Yep. Charlie and rotting, black skin. Black. Like, really? Okay. Yeah. But, like... And they all... The no-head thing is very significant because we didn't talk about it, but the, at the very beginning, a bird flies into the window of Charlie's classroom, and she later goes out and cuts off its head. And takes the fucking head. And takes the head. And then she loses her head, and then the grandma has no head, and then the scariest part of the movie to me is when... has like a razor wire or something and she's just floating from the ceiling like <laughs> just like hacking her head off hacking her own head off so but, but and then don't you hear it like just like drop to the ground <laughs> yes you do so it's just like and then it gets it gets it's that sensory thing where it's like <laughs> and it gets like so fast and you're like wait what why are you floating well it's because the okay so they're witches the witches the which I now have tattooed on my body as you should. As I do. Um, so then it gets very Rosemary's Baby. You start seeing like little peaks of naked people. And you're like, in, like the corners of the houses. Question for you. The, the, so obviously 
before all this crazy witch stuff happens, Tony Collette picks up on what's going on. She sees the fucking grandma in the attic and is like, I know what's going on. Blah, 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 blah. She's like, this fucking bitch Joni is a witch. I don't know if she knows she's a witch, but she knows something's going on. And the she, witches! She tries to tell her fucking husband and burn the notebook yeah. of the daughter because she was like... And if sacrifice you, herself. Yes, if you burn yeah. the notebook, I'll die or whatever, whatever. Why the fuck did he light on fire? Because she ended up throwing it in. She needed him to throw it in. Remember, she was like, please do this for me. Please do this for me. But do you think she knew that he had to throw it in, or do you think it was like she wanted someone else to do it? Because she said, I can't do this myself. Meaning, like, I can't set myself on fire. Because she can't. She needed someone else to throw it in. Okay. If she threw it in, he would light on fire, which is what ultimately ended See, up See, I think she... Mm-mm. She didn't know that he was going to light on fire. No? No. Because her reaction was like, what the fuck? Well, There's it, no way... She was saying, I'm going to sacrifice myself. Please throw this in the fire because when I do it myself, I light on fire and I can't do it myself. I need you to do this because I need to sacrifice myself. Meaning, like, I need you to throw this in so that I go through with it. Yeah. Not because someone else. She right. she would have no way of knowing that. That's true. She was, it was sheer terror. She's so fucking good in this movie. Yeah, it was just she like, really. So what, like. Tony Collette, I. I know the Oscars are notorious for snubbing horror films. She deserves a nom. Yeah. But the thing is, so that's when it, when we were saying the movie did a really good job of, like, not having you figure out if it was Toni Collette basically losing control of her own mental capacity or if it was actually witches. Right. And the husband clearly doesn't believe her. And before the journal gets thrown in the fire, he's like, I'm not doing this for you anymore. You're very, very sick. Yeah, which you can tell. Obviously, if she almost set her kids on fire, she's probably had some kind of treatment right. in the past. But here's the thing. When, before he caught on fire, like before she took it and threw it, there was a, a part of me that was like, oh no, this movie, she's going to throw it in and nothing's going to happen and it's going to all be in her head. And I was like, that's where this me movie too, is going. Me too, me too. I thought it was purely psychological and then yeah. they, nope, supernatural. Yeah. Which was the best. It was, yeah. Because I always kind of hate those mind-fucky movies where they're like, it was in her head the whole time. Like, they look like people. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. A we talked about that last time. Yeah. Um, But, Yeah. So then it starts to fucking rile up. Then, like, just the last 20 mo minutes of the movie, I didn't breathe. I was like, wait, what? Okay, so... so I'm going to have Grace... I... Okay. Dad catches on fire. Dad's decapitated as well? I couldn't yeah, tell. Yeah, we don't know how these people are getting their heads cut off, but we can assume it's Tony Collette. Or the cult members. Right. Which just start showing up. Right. And when that first naked person was in the room, I was like, is that the... Like, I was like, what the fuck? And he was smiling. He was... Like, with big white teeth and you could see his dick. You could see some dick. <laughs> There's some dick in this movie, y'all. There's, There's some, some dick. There's some dick. Feminism. You know? There were some titties, too. Show your dick. I'll show my boobs. Show me your dick. <laughs> um, but... So that's when it starts to just get wild, and you're like, wait. Well, it turns 100% in the Rosemary's Baby direction. It was like... 200%. Even, like, it, on the other side of the wall, they were chanting. Or, like... The only part of the movie that I thought was somewhat, like, oh, come on, is when... And I know this is not going to be a popular opinion, but with like when Tony Collette found those like occult books and was like figuring out the pieces of like yeah. all this stuff, I was kind of like, oh man, God. that's well, cheesy, but it she, was necessary. Yeah, and she found them in the beginning too. Remember, she was putting them away, but she didn't think she anything didn't of it. She didn't look at them, right? Yeah, and then she goes through the books and sees the pictures of Joan and like, oh my God, I understand what's happening. My mother was a cult leader or like a witch. witch well the witches okay here's my question so the dad catches on fire blah blah the son comes down sees it and then fucking tony that's when it just this is how did it, how did it flip is okay. my question to you okay so she, she finally i think she once her husband caught on fire that's when it changed yes 
And it, yeah. she just and she like wasn't Annie anymore. Well, remember she had that look of horror on her face, and then it just yeah, and, and then, then it something just, just like maybe whatever it was possessed her. Yeah, obviously. Um, because um um when the little brother is running away, what's his name again? Peter. And he runs into the attic, yeah, and her banging her head on the that, ceiling. When he's looking at when he's looking at his own dad, Tony Collette. Oh yeah, is up she's, in the fucking ceiling. She's hanging in the corner, which we'll post a lovely picture of my impression of in an elevator <laughs> on our Instagram. Um, she's just hanging in the ceiling, but it, it is in such a terrifying silhouette that you can barely see it. It was. so so scary and like you could tell people in the audience were catching it at different times like because you can't like if you first looked at it you wouldn't be able to see it but then people started going (gasps) like but she was in his bedroom too before he came down yeah yeah Ooh, that was my i think that was my one of my favorite parts it was perfect horror and then so at that point he runs away she chases him. He gets up into the attic, and oh my god, that's the, that's my that's other favorite part. The scariest part to, to me was her. They show it in all the previews is of her on the ceiling, banging her head against the attic door. Oh my but god! But that's when you know that she's fully possessed. possessed. Oh my god, it was so good. Oh my god, it was so scary. I want to go back and watch it again. There was also a point where like Tony Collette tried to pull her son's head off. Oh, but she was sleepwalking. She was sleepwalking. Yeah. So, the whole head-off thing is very much a theme in this. Um, and so, to wrap it up, but I also want to get into the, what the director has to say. Okay. Um, oh, God, I'm sorry. I just keep thinking about when she was trying to cut her head off with that fucking with wire. The, and that's when that happened, is once she gets in the, the attic, she, she's at the peak of the roof, and she's just going... <laughs> And like sawing her head own head, head off. off, looking at her son. Oh my and her, god! And this poor kid is like, ah, "Mommy!" Like he's calling her mommy. You know. And oh then my god, my she heart just like floats. Oh my god, it was one of those really eerie like, like and she floated up into this clubhouse. Well, the clubhouse is where like all the action happened. Yeah. And yeah. Inside there is this big shrine of Charlie with her that, fucking decapitated head with her real dead head on it <laughs> and you do you get that joke dead, dead heads, heads. <laughs> I'm sorry I had that to. makes me want to die I know um and I think Tony Collette built it yeah you know? yeah um and so somehow in the background there's like 12 naked strangers Chanting. I don't know why they're naked, but well, they're always naked when the witches. That's yeah, true. They're always naked. Put some clothes on, okay? No Rob- robes. <laughs> robes. But, but then they have the robes and they're naked under the robes. They take the robes off. Oh, all right, fine. If you're ever gonna be a witch, you're gonna have to get comfortable with nudity. Yeah, well, fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, very Rosemary's Baby, and so I think he died. Because he jumped out the window in yes, the attic. Yes. He died and was taken over by the spirit that was possessing Charlie. Because I don't think Charlie was ever Charlie. I think Charlie was this, what was his name? Persimmon. Perseus. Payman. Persimmon. King Persimmon. Yeah. Uh, King Payman, who was one of the eight kings of hell. So... Full on Rosemary's Baby. Hail Satan. Yeah. Hail Adrian. Payment. And they were hail payment. And I was like, I wanted to be like, anybody? Hey. Anybody? Rosemary's Baby. So, so you don't think that Charlie was ever Charlie? No. I think she that was... the mother, the grandmother raised her. Like, and they say. That's why the fucking grandmother kept forcing her to have kids. Yeah. Yes. It's all coming together. Yeah. I'm watching it happen in your brain. Um, <laughs> you're like, you're a little late to the fucking party. No, though. no, 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 no. It's okay. But um, the deity had to be in a male form. So the grandmother initially like nurtured 
this girl. Because Tony Collette wouldn't let her near Peter when Peter was born. Exactly. And so she somehow, like, conjured the spirit into Charlie. Right. And Charlie, I think Charlie knew that she had to be sacrificed. She cut that bird's head off. Right. She was the one who, you know, leaned out the window and got her head cut off. Um, Yeah, I mean, she had to, obviously, that. And I think the only catalyst that was necessary was Joan showing Tony how to open the door. Yes. With with that incantation. Yes. Or whatever. So. Yes, and she was like, if I show, if any mother sees that she has a chance to talk to her baby. Yeah. She's going to do it. Totally. So she did it, and she uh, like thinks it's just this wonderful gift. When in reality, she just opened the door for fucking payment for King Payment. Um. So all in all, poor what's his face? I keep forgetting his Peter. Name. Peter. Poor Peter becomes. King Payman, which I guess isn't that bad in no, the long run. Yeah. I'm guessing it's like an omen situation where he'll become president and turn us into the handmaid's tale. Sure. And Lydia, full circle. Oh we put it you heard it here first. Yeah, well. Okay, so I looked up what the director's um meaning for the ending was. Mm-hmm. Uh I think that we fucking nailed it. <laughs> Okay, so the No que- need, Ari! <laughs> the question is, um, the ending veers into the extremes in a big way. Yeah, no shit! <laughs> what type of research did you do into the occult, and how did you go about looking into that type of material? Uh, and he said, one source leads to another. You start with obvious things, like you look up Anton LaVey and Aleister Crowley, and then it gets very disturbing. I'm not tied in any way to the occult, so the research was disturbing, but I knew I had to go there, and I knew that I wanted to get the ritual elements of the film, which are held at a distance, and you only get pieces of them. Like, which is true. They only gave you, like, little glimpses of, like, the symbol above the grandma and, like, all that shit. Yeah. Um, And I bet that's a real pagan symbol or something cat stampede upstairs um and he said i knew i wanted them to be rooted in something real so those are real runes in that movie i bet this movie is gonna get cursed i hope i hope it's a curse i hope it's cursed i hope it's not cursed because it has tony collette and she's an angel well i hope it's cursed um (laughs) i was led to witchcraft manuals that are instructing people on how to cast spells and this and that. So that, if anything, was disturbing because I know there are real people in this world who read this and are using them for ill ends. Like, actually. Yeah. Um, There are love spells in these books, but there are also sickness spells. It started to really disturb me while doing research um, and the stuff I was reading was not poetic, but just very clinical and extru- instructional. Like, do this, do this, do this. Like, you remember they had to have everyone in the house. They had to not change anything. Yes. Like, they had to. And so he's saying, like, you have to do all of these very specific instructions, and then this is the result. It just reminds you that there are Machiavellian forces at work in the world and even if you don't believe in the occult and even if you're not a superstitious person there's nothing scarier than what people can do to one another that's i mean he did an excellent job i think in every single aspect of this movie Mm -hmm. like i wanted a little more of charlie in the beginning yeah she was and her fucking clicking was throughout the whole fucking movie. Of course it was. I was just thinking, RuPaul's Drag Race, like the whole time, because they always go, they always do like a tongue pop, like the drag queens. <laughs> so I was just like, <laughs> then it kind yeah, of threw. But I've, I've never watched it, Joe. I just need to watch it. Eh. Um, so, <laughs> okay, so um, I do want to read another person's um, 
take. Interpretation of the ending. Hell yeah. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> so this is, um, meow, meow, meow. this is by David Crow. So, um, okay. So the film includes an ending that is pretty straightforward considering that Anne Dowd's Joni is on hand to explain to the possessed body of Peter that he is now the newly reborn king, King Payment. But you might be going, who the hell is King Payment and how did we get here? Right. Yeah, well, in essence, the film that's is... What I, that's what I went up to. Yeah, who the <laughs> hell is King Payment? Um, so, well, in essence, the film is an en- enormous ritual performed in order to move Payment spirits from, spirit from Charlie... Into Peter. Peter's little sister into Peter's body. So the whole film was about... That was from beginning to end. Yes, exactly. That's what I said about, like, the... Bird's head getting yeah. cut off so it was at the very all, beginning. Exactly. Only yeah. in retrospect does it become clear that from the very beginning, everything was part of a process that was years or potentially even decades in the making. Peter and Charlie's grandmother always intended to use her descendants as a vehicle to bring her coven of witches' preferred demon into human flesh, which is why she fucking... This is, this is why she pushed... Annie to have babies. Annie didn't want to have babies. She said she never felt like a mother, and she yeah. in fact tried to fucking miscarry. Yeah, she told Peter that was, a, was one of the dream. most fucked up parts. Yeah, it, it was, was a in dream. a dream. She said, "I never wanted you." I tried. She tried everything she could to miscarry, and that's fucking yeah. crazy. So, and then they both end up doused in lighter fluid. And but the thing is, here's the thing, though. The fact that Tony Collette was sleepwalking and tried to set them all on fire with. Lighter fluid. It was like she was saving them. She was trying to save them. Yeah. Which makes sense now. It does. She was trying to save them. It was. It's a mother's intu. She had a mother's intuition. She just didn't know why she was doing it. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um, Fuck. Yeah. So the film. Um, this guy says the film is really dramatizing the last part of this long-lived possession ritual, but it's told from the perspective of the sacrificial lambs. So we are with the family in their ignorance of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Although I do hope that there is a more sadistic, sadistic knowing perspective at play as at play as well. It should all feel inevitable, but the audience is with the family in their confusion. Yeah, it's totally. great. Um, indeed, much of the blah blah blah. Joan's the one who knows what's going on. Exactly. Um, when the film began it begins, Annie is almost sneering at her mother's secret fans. Blah blah blah. On a subconscious level, she's always suspected her mother would be the ruin of her family. Mm-hmm. Hence her heavy guilt. She surrounded Charlie as sort of this appeasement, or she surrendered Charlie as an appeasement to protect the rest of her family. Yet Charlie was not what her mother really wanted. No. Ugh. She, she, she said it in a weird way. She said, like, I gave her She tea. did. Yeah, she's like, I gave her Charlie. Right. So she wouldn't take Peter. So that was almost a mother's intuition, too. Right. Um, So this guy is saying it's... To him, it seems like Charlie was possessed in the womb. Yes. And Annie carried to term a demon spawn, much like Mia Farrell in Roman Polanski's Rosemary's Baby. Ding, 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 ding! In fact, there are many similarities between Rosemary's Baby and this film... In both pictures. Um, can I, have I ever mentioned that that's my favorite horror movie of all time? You know, maybe once or twice. Maybe I have it, <laughs> maybe I have it tattooed on my body. It's fine. So what's in, this is what I wanted. This is, this was my question too. It's, this guy says it seems, it's unclear why Charlie seemed oblivious to her hellish heritage. At least no more so than how Jesus Christ is whatever, whatever. So, Charlie was always doomed. So she knew that, and she even said, "I want Grandma," at the beginning. Very, right. the very, very beginning. right. Who's gonna take care of me when you die? Yeah, which she did. Right. So Charlie, okay. So Charlie was possessed in the. Okay, that makes sense. Charlie was never Charlie. Charlie was always King Payman. She was a demon seed. But in. Uh, female form she could not or he could not 
come exist. to fruition or whatever. Yeah. So, but that's interesting. So maybe Tony Collette or Annie, when she said, like, I gave her Charlie, she must have meant, like, she must have said something or conveyed something that let her grandmother know, okay, you can have this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder how that looked. Maybe it was while she was pregnant. Yeah, and like you can happened. be a part of this baby's yeah. life. Right. Um, this is interesting. Um, and this is from, ew, sorry guys, from Pop Sugar. <laughs> um, as a very brief re- recap, uh, King Payman is the demon who hangs around the Graham family. Graham is their last name. Um, in earlier parts of Hereditary, we witness paranormal occurrences their supposed hauntings in the home of Joan and Dowd and Annie, Tony Collette, um, and believe that they are the spirits of these mothers' dead children. Joan is the one behind all of this, which we know. She gives Annie an incantation and ritual that will supposedly allow her to speak to her daughter, but as it's revealed later... Um, Annie isn't actually communicating with Charlie. The ritual is instead of weird. Okay. Yeah, bitch. But I'll say it. I'll say it again. You're going to let the wrong one in. Yeah. You don't do Ouija boards. You don't do seances. You don't move glasses with your hands on them. You're going to let a demon in. You're going to let a demon in. Someone's going to piggyback on someone you love. Someone's going to piggyback in. You're damn right they are. People are dumb. People are dumb. Um, So, yeah, that's basically the bottom line of Hereditary. The dead matriarch of the Grams, Annie's mother, seems to be involved in some kind of satanic occultist, possibly Wiccan. I don't agree with that. No. Wiccans are peaceful. Yeah, they're na- they worship nature. What they are you talking nature. about? Although, um, Baphomet is not evil in Wicca. And Satanism is not about the devil. Like, Satanism is not a bad whatever. We'll get we'll do an episode on Satanism. Yes, absolutely. Because it's not what you think it is. Um, yeah, so at the end of the film we learn this group has been grooming Peter and his son to be the host. But what I don't understand is why they put Peter's body through such hell. Like, they that in the classroom when he, like, gets yeah possessed and then slams his own face into the desk? Yeah. Maybe, was that, like, an attempt of, to, to gain get possession? In? I don't, maybe. Yeah. Because the, contor- the contorting is, like, a classic... Exorcism. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Possession move. That was a gross one, Sydney. <laughs> Just lip slapper. <laughs> yeah. So, what's the deal with King Payman? <laughs> There's a pretty good description of him in the book called The Lesser Key of Solomon, written by Joseph Peterson. The book is a collection of information from original manuscripts and fragments in the British Museum Library. A website called the Grimoire Encyclopedia has ex- excerpted... Excerpted? Excerpted? Excerpt? Excerpted. Excerpt? Excerpt. I hate how that's spelled. I don't love it. Um, which describes Payman as a great king who is very obedient to Lucifer, so kind of like his right-hand man. This passage describes um, what Payman is capable of. He hath a great voice and roareth as his first coming, and his speech is such that the magician cannot well understand it unless he can compel him. Oh, this is written in Old English, yeah. Yeah, hard pass. Um, so payment was a The spirit can teach arts and sciences. No wonder fucking Bible thumpers hate art and science. Oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Ew. Well. It is her Christ's sake. Payment... Pay me. Mm, I'm not, cutting it. Not great. Not great. Um, whatever. Um, by the horrific end of this film, we know that King Payman has been successfully summoned and that he is inhabiting Peter's body. We have to wonder, though, were all the terrors and horrible sacrifices worth it? I guess it depends on who you ask. 
Oh, criminy. Well, that movie fucking ruled. I give it a 10 out of 10. I give it a 10 out of 10, a thousand percent. I am... I'm we're, seeing it we're again. We're seeing it again. At Wednesday, right? Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as there is a file on the Pirate Bay. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I am watching it every night. It was so good. But also, really, I feel like I'm going to go home and feel weird. Yeah, I have to be alone because my fucking girlfriend's out of state right now. Being a base head. Being a base head. You know who you are. <laughs> Uh-huh. I like how we're doing it like we did when we first started dating. We like, we know who you are. And I'm just like, no. Her name's Emily. Her name's Emily. We've been dating for a really long time. <laughs> um. So, yeah. If you have made it this far and you haven't seen the movie, that's really upsetting for me. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, go see it, you dummy. Go see it. And if you already saw it and you listened to our recap review, um... Please, please, when we post this and when we post uh, on our Instagram, please tell us what you thought. Um, if you record a podcast or do anything with your thoughts, fucking link it to us. Like, we yeah. want to talk to people about this. It's Because, unfortunately, yesterday when we went, we were with 10 of our friends, and tonight... None of them could go because they were a bunch of, they had to work or go out of town or whatever. So, so like, we only can talk to each other. I know, which is fine because everyone else, you know. So anyway. Um, I have a feeling people are going to be talking about this movie for a while. Yeah. Um, the cinematography, can I just say. Ugh. Like they would do these awesome like keyhole pan out shots. Upside down upside shots. Upside down shots. They would do like. The face fading into the, like, foreground. Like, Mm -hmm. very, very 70s Polanski style. And and part of it, like, almost seemed like Kubrick, where she was, like, running in the upside-down shot and, like, the music, like... That was really good. It it just was, like, a huge meld of all of the movies that make you the most uncomfortable. Yes, And it was amazing. I mean, some of the sound took, like... You know, I thought it paid an homage to like Eraserhead. Yeah, like some of those. Ring. Yeah, those yeah. like the noises and the clicking and the it just it was so and the clicking just one single sound scared the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. Like after Charlie was dead and he heard like a click, it was just like ah like it, yeah. it was like, no like it was just so good. So and it's subtle. Yeah. Well, some parts. Some I just think it's an instant classic. I think that. It was well done. I think that it was worth the hype. I don't think that it's one of those things where you're going to go in and be like, ugh, everyone said this was good and it's whatever. It's actually that good. Like I how, like how I felt about uh, A Quiet Place. A Quiet Place. I felt more about that with like The Witch and They, yes. came, they Come at Night or whatever. Yes. Like, those oh were, my God, those were I was so like, boring. But you and I don't like a slow burn. I hate a slow burn. And this, I was worried that it was going to be because yeah. the first five minutes sure, but in it it got in it was <laughs> it got five up minutes in. And it got up there real quick but like the first five minutes are kind of like eh, your know. heart rate just goes up and then down and up i and kept then checking down. my fitbit yeah. throughout it and Did i got go up, up to like 111 that's hilarious yeah and, and i met was, a i met a resting 72 that's hysterical i love that <laughs> I also, um... And I took a Klonopin before we got in there, so I mean, like... Um, there were a couple articles that said, is it possible for a movie to be too scary? Scary? I don't think so. I don't... I don't... I don't think that this movie is... Oh my god, that is so annoying. It's because... That's so, like... Everyone's so sensitive. Shut up. You're going to get PTSD from watching this movie. No, you're going to get PTSD from fucking watching Cannibal Holocaust. Yes. Bingo. We discussed that at length. Yeah, you're going to get PTSD. This is going to fuck with you like The Exorcist. Well, if you. you are a fan of horror and you're not like a fair weather, like gore, booby, D-list. Right horror fan you're gonna love this movie it it was very enjoyable if you appreciate like the high level quality horror films you will like this the only thing i will say and this is way too late because this is at the end but like 
what in the you know in that first half an hour when Charlie does get killed, like that's it's very upsetting. Oh, like I said, she cried. It's it was and it was like a I don't know what else to do. Cry. Yeah, I, and it was just it was one of those things that it just came out of nowhere and then the whole movie turned. Yes, it was. Ugh, go see it. We love you. Creep it real. Follow us on our shit. Yeah, you know it by now. Um, also, please, for literally everything, theghoulgangpodcast.com. It's got everything. It's got our Instagram. It's got our Twitter. It's got our episodes. It's got... We need to thank Ashley Owlett, who was our first, first tier uh, patron on Patreon. And we also need to thank Angela Moreau, who contributed a little bit. Um, if you want to support us on Patreon, um, we have a couple tiers. If you donate 35 bucks, you get a t-shirt. And if you donate 50 we send you a sweatshirt. And they come with pins and stickers and everything. So that would be awesome. Um, and you, the support goes directly to us. We need to buy a new mic. Like... Ellie needs a new computer. <laughs> um, and we just really appreciate that you guys love what we're putting down. Um, and if you feel like you want to support us, uh, check us out on Patreon. Thank you so much for listening. Go fucking see Hereditary and goodbye. Goodbye.